Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go hour number two on this Wednesday. We hope you are having a good one. Craziness in the NBA last night. Lakers and Warriors was great. Lakers up 1-0. The Knicks even it up with Miami. No Jimmy Butler on the Miami side. Brunson and crew get it done. That series is one all. And tonight, Philadelphia and the MVP, Mr. Embiid, Try to even it up in Boston. Embiid reportedly will go unless there's some kind of a setback with his injury. And we'll see if they can go up 2-0 on Boston. Uh, I said even it up. Boston obviously looking to even it up there. Philly looking to go up two games to none tonight. Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And uh, let's get to, speaking of Wednesdays, the conversation we have every Wednesday at this time. We'll dig in on some Longhorn and Cowboy stuff on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline with Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. He's at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you? Hey, now. I'm doing all right, gentlemen. Just, uh, it's kind of a enjoying this beautiful weather. It's not, you know, damn hot yet. <laughs> and so East Texas has given us some beautiful sun, a nice little cold breeze. I call it literally baseball weather. Ooh, it is. That. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, we need uh, we need a longer spring in Texas uh, and a little do we ever longer spring, shorter summer. But we know it's Texas, so you're never going to get that. But yeah, enjoying this weather is a good thing. I think right, right now, um, Justin, we'll get to. I want to get your thoughts on the Cowboys, but let's go ahead and start with some Texas basketball stuff. Obviously, there's been good and bad news lately for Texas basketball fans. Uh, late last week, though, that Ron Holland thing hit a lot of people uh, right upside the head. Give me your reaction to that. Uh, that story with Ron Holland, now the two big dog, five-star guys that Texas fans were counting on, neither one of them is going to be in Austin. What'd you think of it? You know, we talked about the other ones over the last month or so. You know, Rodney Terry, amazing run, the Elite Eight, almost to the Final Four, and, you know, gets the contract, gets the interim tag taken off. And then a few things kind of started, you know, falling around him. And that, that's part of recruiting. That's part of building a program. That's just the way it goes. You lose an Arterio Morris, that's going to sting. That's a kid that's headed to Lawrence, Kansas. That's a kid that could potentially win the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year while he's there. You lose A.J. Johnson, that's a sting. He's going to go pro in Australia, so it's not that much of a surprise, but it still burns a little bit. Dylan Mitchell, Tyree Center, still in limbo, un- unsure where they're going to go and what's going to happen there. I still told people that's part of the basketball process. You lose some, you win some. Those guys, you know, it, it happens, and especially in the NIL and portal era. We're seeing so much more movement in basketball. Then Ron Holland happened, and I got to tell you, that one stings. That one, that one burns going down hmm. because 
that was a done deal. Everything was ready. He, he was signed, sealed, almost delivered. And then that thing popped up out of nowhere. I know the Texas staff was moderately surprised. I believe they got their heads up that morning. But, you know, we do this for, for a business, do this for a long time. And I, I don't let them, the wins and losses come and go. I'm indifferent when it comes to that. But, buddy, Ron Holland hurts because, you know, Texas fans will say, well, he's just another, you know, big, you know, small forward, power forward type of, you know, five-star Jackson Hayes, uh, Kai Jones, you know, th- those type of athletes that have come through Texas pretty prevalently. Those guys were unrefined athletes. Ron Holland is a basketball player who can score at all three levels on the floor. This is a guy that's probably going in the top five of the 2024 NBA draft. He's a kid that you could probably get 18 and six, 18 and seven from as a freshman on the Texas basketball team next season. This one burns, fellas. Like, didn't take your Prilosec that morning, burns. Like, ate too much Mexican food the night before, burns. Like, it is no bueno. And I, there's not a lot there left uh, to update. Texas is still trying to keep him in the mix. Yeah. They're, they're talking to the parents, talking to the agent. But, man, I'm just going to tell you, in, in summation, the Ron Holland decommitment was a gut punch to Rodney Terry and his guys, especially coming off grabbing two guys, in, two, two nice players out of the portal, and Max Imus and Caden Cedric. They had a little bit of momentum, and then Ron Holland hit. And, man, it hadn't been the same since. I feel you, Jay Wells. I completely feel you 100%. And you're right because Ron Holland, the reason why we were so high on him is the reason why he's testing the waters because he's that good because he's been to all these camps and McDonald's All-American games and these scouts are letting him know, yo, bruh, you might be the number one pick in a couple of years. How can you not take that route? And I told Chad and the listeners, it reminds me a lot of C.J. Miles back in the day when C.J. Miles committed oh, to come God. to Texas. And then he's... Lefty that went to the Utah Jazz. Yep, and they were like, nah, bruh, you are an NBA-level player. And he said, you know, sorry, Rick Barnes, I'm going to test the waters in the NBA, and he had a 15-year career. And I can't knock him for that either. <laughs> right. C.J. Miles played the NBA for 15 years? Yes, yes. He was hurt at the beginning, hey. but... Yeah, he ended up playing around 15 years and ended up being a pretty good three-point specialist. I think his best year. I remember year. him. I remember him. Yeah. He, he had that sweet stroke and left, left-hand shot. It was soft. He was, I think he was a Dallas-area prospect, yep. if I remember correctly. Yep. And that one stung, too. And that's back when kids would go straight to the NBA in Utah. I believe they got him, like, in the late first round, maybe early second round, something like that. Um. Man, 15 years. That, that's a good comparison. That's kind of how Texas fans should feel about Ron Holland. This guy is not your average five-star. He has dominated the other five-stars. And if you're a Texas fan and you want to go to the Moody Center in November, you need to pray this kid sticks with his, uh, his signature. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on 3.com. Um, before we go football, Zay, anything else we need to hit on the basketball side? Yeah, how, how's it looking for the rest of the transfer portal, Jay Wells? What's Coach Terry now that Ron Holland's doing what he's doing? What What's the approach moving forward? Uh, you know, I, I think the approach continues to be build out the roster, even after Holland's, before Holland's decision. 
Uh, they, they had a couple, a couple guys on campus over the last few days. I know Chindal Weaver is on campus right now. That's a guy that has a connection. He was one of the most underrated recruits coming out of high school uh, in the state of Texas. I believe it was Mansfield Timberview. He had a, a, a great career up there. And then, you know, he's got a connection to Terry. And so I, he's on campus right now for his visit. I like where Texas stands there. But that's more of your, your guard situation. You know, it, it remains to be seen. They, uh, they it, 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 we're gonna we're gonna see exactly you know over the next few weeks we'll see the roster fill out a little bit more but we won't really know what this team is gonna be until we know if Holland's gonna be a horn or not. Uh, all right, Justin, let's dig in here on some football stuff. Let's go ahead and get your thoughts on the Cowboys draft, since it does include a Longhorn. Obviously, they went Michigan-Michigan. They ended up with Overshone and Deuce Vaughn out of the Big 12. What did you make of Jerry, Stephen, McCarthy, and what they did? Outside of the DeMarvion Overshone pick, which still warms my soul, <laughs> and outside of the Deuce Vaughn pick, that I one of the best draft moments I think I've ever seen and experienced. And I was fortunate enough to, to get to know Coach Vaughn when he was a coach at Texas years ago. And he is such a great guy, genuine guy, great recruiter, great coach, great man, r- raised an incredible son. You guys are in the Houston area. You got to see him more than I did growing up and absolutely dominating. I feel like you don't want to put too much into it, but I feel like the Deuce Vaughn thing could really, really be something special for Dallas. So, outside of Overshone and Deuce Vaughn, this is an incredibly underwhelming haul of picks. They went athlete upside with very little production on the backside. Uh, I like Maisie Smith, but can he, can he plug the middle as a three-tech? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Keandre Coburn can do the exact same thing, and the Chiefs got him in the sixth. Uh, the DB, uh, Eric Scott out of uh, uh, Southern Miss, ran a 4.78 fly mm. in the Big 12 in, in the secondary, much less in the NFL. The tight end for Michigan, I believe it's Schoolmaker, was all Big Ten third team. And so you went with the third team all Big Ten Hit when this was the most top-heavy tight end draft in the last decade. Um, I could go on, <laughs> but it, it, it's just underwhelming, man. It, 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 honestly, it was a little surprising, Chad, because Jerry and these guys have done really well in the drafts in the 2010s. After going through the 2000s, after they lost Jimmy Johnson, their evaluations were crap. They were trash. Then they brought in Bill Parcells, who knows how to draft, knows how to evaluate, knows how to develop. So it kind of turned a little bit. Then in the 2010s, they started drafting offensive linemen in every first round, which is exactly what I think most guys should do in the, in the NFL. They built that up. I thought they did really well in the back end of the draft as well. So I guess I, my expectations were a little high. But I just I, I got to say, outside of Overshow and Vaughn, very underwhelming. Um, I, I don't know if these guys, a lot of these guys are even going to be difference makers. If, if they turn into depth, that's great. But Philadelphia is what we're, is Dallas is chasing right now. The rest of the NFC is chasing. I felt like the Eagles got a lot better over the draft. I mean, of course, when you, when you select half of the Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> national championship team, you're – you're, you're going to be okay, and then you draft another, and then you trade for another Georgia Bulldog and DeAndre Swift, 
who is a ball player as well. And so, yeah, the Dallas draft didn't do much for me. Outside of, you know, outside of Overshow and Vaughn, not too happy, brother. Yep. Mm, interesting. Jay Wells, B. John Robinson to the Atlanta Falcons. And if you look at the Falcons, they have one of the best young offenses in the league. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, both of those guys being first-round picks in their respective drafts. Now they get one of the best running backs in the league, I think, already. I feel good saying that already. What did you think about B. John going to the ATL? So excited. Thursday morning, Bobby Burton and I on On Texas Football on our YouTube show talked about Bijan, and I said I'd heard about Philadelphia wanting him at ten. And, and Chad and I talked about this. Like I, I that would have ruined my weekend. No matter how happy I would have been for Bijan, I would have been selfish and unhappy if he would have wound up with the Philadelphia Eagles because that would have made them the clear Super Bowl contender out of the NFC by a mile. Atlanta said, "Nah." We got this. And in that YouTube show, I had mentioned to Bobby, I would love Atlanta to get him at eight. They need a face of a franchise. They need an offensive weapon, not a, ju- a jumbo athlete like you know Kyle Pitts and, and Drake Lennon. They need a guy to, to take 25, 30 carries a game. And Bijan's that old school back. You just have to be so happy for the guy because he's, he realized his dreams. We got to watch it this whole time, cover it this whole time. He's the same kid now after he got drafted than he was before he was recruited to Texas. I actually reached out to Bijan yesterday when Atlanta announced that he was going to be wearing number seven. And I, I checked in with him. I said, hey, bud, why number seven? And Bijan hit me back a minute later. He said, it's a biblical number for God. And then he also told me it would be cool to wear that number in the ATL again. Ooh. And that just proves, that just proves Bijan to Atlanta was meant to be. That just proves that was the best spot for him. Uh, the only, you know, that to me is, it, 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 uh, you know, obviously overshown uh, to the Cowboys is, is a soft spot for me. I think Rashawn Johnson to the Bears is actually the best fit of every Longhorn that was drafted. Mm. But Bijan to Atlanta, all I know is my son wants a Atlanta Falcons <laughs> number seven jersey. And uh, it's so, yeah, I'm just so thrilled and excited. Just like every other Texas fan, I think they they felt it as well. And don't be surprised if the Atlanta Falcons inherit some Longhorns fans. You know, they can even go back into the 60s and early 70s of the Tommy Novus days. Uh, There's a little bit of a burnt orange tinge in that town, and Bichon's bringing it back. Mm. Yo, Jay Wells, how's your dirty bird, dog? (laughs) How's your dirty bird? Can you still hit that thing? Hey, man, that was my tweet. I was like, Bijan is that dirty bird. You know what I mean? (laughs) They they haven't had that back since Jamal Anderson, the dirty bird. Now, Devontae Freeman, one-year wonder. Michael Turner signed that big free agent deal. He had that one good year in fantasy football. But they really haven't had that go-to back, that guy that you can lean on. And and you said it best, Zay. This guy is already one of the best running backs in the NFL. And that's not our opinion. If you talk to players in the NFL that, that have gone by the Texas practices and watched Bijan over the last few years, they'll tell you the same. He's going to enter the league as one of the top 10, 15 backs already. And so I'm just – I'm ready for the schedule. I'm ready for, mm-hmm. I'm ready for some photos. I'm ready for some video. Give me all the Bijan you can. 
Yeah, apparently we're about eight days away from that schedule. They're looking about May 11th for that. And uh, to go along with what you're saying, Justin, I was looking at an article from a couple of the ESPN NFL draft experts, and both of them said that their guaranteed future NFL star of the class is Bijan. Both of them picked Bijan. Now let's back up a second. Let me make sure I heard you correctly. Are you saying that Bijan told you he picked seven for a biblical reason and to reclaim the number in Atlanta that Michael Vick wore? Both of those things? Well, he never said Michael Vick. He just said it'd be cool to wear seven in Atlanta. Yes, that's exactly what he said. Dude, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm trying to explain this to people, but unless you meet Bijan, you don't really get the uh, the full feel of it. He is a very enlightened kid. And you know he's highly religious, but he's also smart. He, he reads the Bible. He studies it. This is something that it, it, it's true to him. And so he never mentioned Michael Vick. And I, I okay. don't think you're going to, you know, I, that might have been words picked, you know, pretty carefully. But then again, it was just him and I, you know, talking to sure. each other. And so, yeah, yeah. no, Michael Vick was never mentioned. But the, but the inference of bringing back number seven to the ATL, I think, I think it was more of what Michael Vick had done previously. Yeah, no, that's a, that's incredible though that those two things were kind of uh, on his mind yeah. or whatever. Atlanta's going to love him. Oh, so Bijan matches Atlanta to the T. Oh, it's yeah. such a perfect fit, always football and off the field. Yeah, it's going to be impressive, impressive stuff. All right, so and you said you thought Roshan to the Bears was the best fit of any Longhorn yeah. drafted. No question. I you know look at the roster, and, and this is funny. Joe Joe brought this to my attention. Look at the roster, Deontay Foreman. Is the running back on on uh, uh, is the starting running back right now for the Chicago Bears? They lost David Montgomery to free agency, I believe, to the Detroit Lions. Yep. And so Rashawn's got he's behind him, and I, I think it's Khalil Herbert. And so Rashawn's going to play this year. You're, you're going to see Bijan obviously play a lot. Rashawn's going to play a lot. I don't know if there's a better fit. Rashawn Johnson, it, you know, he's sim- he's symbolic of the city of Chicago. Tough, cold. Wendy gets up to work at five o'clock, works hard, you know, feeds his family, does what he's supposed to do. He is going to fit into that city so well. They're going to embrace Rashawn Johnson, just like the Texas fans did, just like the, the family and friends at Port Natchez Grove did. But he is going to be embraced so much. I just felt like, and I, I really liked all the pigs. I felt like Pajomo to Philadelphia was a little odd because of their their defensive front and the way they do things, and he's a little undersized for what they for what they want. Coburn is a natural fit in Kansas City because they need run stuffers, uh, you know, badly. And I think he'll come in there and be able to be a, a nose, a three tech, and be able to, to plug the hole. And then, I mean, it, I mean, overshown to Dallas, it was a little bit earlier than I thought that was going to happen. But how cool is it when when Jerry Jones is on the phone and he said. Hey, this is Paxton's granddad, Paxton <laughs> Anderson, the walk-on right. wide receiver at Texas, who happens to be the grandson of Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. That to me was just so cool, and so, and I, I think Overshone's going to find a niche because Dan Quinn put a lot of thought into this pick, and he is known for putting those twitchy athletes that are hybrids all around the field and causing chaos. And if you can put Overshone, who's going to be wearing number thirty-five? On the other side of number 11, Micah Parsons, I think we could be having a little bit of fun in Valley Ranch over the next few years.
Demarvion's going to wear 35. Yeah, I saw that. That's going to that's going to take a little bit to yeah, get used to. You know, that's going to take a little to get used to. It is. It is. It is. You know, I asked him after the draft. I said, "What number you want to try to get?" And he said, "Man, I don't know yet." I said, "You ought to try to get 48." Because him and Jake Ellinger were really, really close. Oh, interesting. I yeah. mean, really close. Right. Is the moose said, number retired? Is the moose number retired? He thought about it. And he's like, they don't retire numbers. They don't retire numbers. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jay Wells. Go ahead. Oh, so, yeah. And so, and so, essentially, he's like, man, I don't know. I, I'm just going. You know, I don't know what number they're going to give me. I can't add zero. That's the one I think he originally wanted. But yeah, he's going to wear number thirty-five. That's going to take a little bit getting used to. But listen. He's, gonna, he's wearing that old-school safety number. And let's be honest, this guy was a really good safety before he was a linebacker. And I think you're going to see him moved around a lot. And so, yeah, get ready get ready for the 3-5 because that's going to be the number. <laughs> and that's going to be the one that my son is probably going to win as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're going to need to buy some jerseys. Yeah, you're going to spend that bag in NFL.com, Man. Jay Wells. Yeah. This kid has more freaking jerseys from different players, Texas players. It's <laughs> He's spoiled rotten, man, but, but he earns it and he deserves it, so it's all good. There you go. Justin, before we let you go, I would just like to point out, I'm sure there's an easy joke that's been made, but did y'all enjoy the irony as Texas fans of Andy Reid drafting a dude named Snacks? I mean, like, that's cool, right? I mean, come on. That's fantastic. You, you, know, what's, you know what's cool is I immediately, when I saw Coder and Pig, I immediately texted Charles Amenahu, who had just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason, a two-year deal. And I said, hey, man, you got to take care of Coburn. And he had no idea. He was in Dubai at the time. He wasn't even watching the draft. So he hits me back. He goes, what are you talking about? I was like, man, y'all just drafted Keandre Coburn. He's like, no lie. I was like, man, you got to take care of him. That's like, nice. Man, we're, 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 he's like, he, he goes, we're going to mess it up in Kansas City now. They don't know about us. <sighs> and so man, there's so many little stories to this draft. And, and I think the overall vibe of Texas getting back into that conversation of, having five or six guys drafted every year. Listen, they had that many picked this season. There's a really good chance they're going to have that many picked next season. And I think that's going to fuel recruiting. Look at Tashar Choice. The dude had two running backs go in the top 12 picks in, a, in an NFL draft era where they don't draft running backs in the first round. If Tashar Choice, who was already pulling – Every running back that he wants can't go into your living room and go, y'all see that draft last weekend? <laughs> then I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, to so I think the overall vibe, there were so many good little stories, but Texas getting back into that mix of having a bunch of guys pick, a bunch of guys finding good homes, I think that's the best positive takeaway of everything this weekend. Yeah, Coach Choice might have a laminated version of that top 12 in his pocket just to show them in case they in case they missed it. That's Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com, at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we always appreciate it, man. Enjoy your week. Enjoy that weather. We'll talk to you next week. 10-4, gentlemen. Nothing but love. Thanks, Jay Wells. Good stuff there. Nice breakdown on a lot of stuff. And I forgot about Omenahue going to Kansas City. I'd forgotten that. I did. I forgot to. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's another one. We talked about Puna Ford earlier and how he could help out in Buffalo. Uh, I love Charles Omenahue. He was the intern for us on the afternoon show back in the day. But just what he's been already. He's already made some impacts on the teams he's been on. And now to have him on... I mean, in Houston, he wasn't on a badass team, and then he ends up on a badass team, and now he might be on an even more badass team.
Yeah, we know he had those off-the-field issues, which probably turned San Francisco's front office a little sour on him. And plus, we know they got Hardgrave coming in from Philly, so they were okay. Right, that's true. Leading, yeah. Letting Omenihu leave. But, yeah, I think that's a good pickup for him going to Kansas City. Really yeah. good pickup. He's getting used to wearing red. Some yeah. version of red. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to be uh, be all right with that. All right, uh, thanks to Justin for his time. Up next, we'll get you the Flex segment. Wednesday night Flex coming up tonight. Cameron Parker's going to join us, talk a little high school baseball playoffs and what's coming up tonight on the show plus we got some more offers to talk about in the world of flex don't move this is the horn when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Chad and Zay. Now that is a note. There are very few people that can sing that way. I'm going to guess that's King Diamond. So if it's not King Diamond, then the band would be Merciful Fate. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What's the song called? Black Funeral. (laughs) Yeah. It's a happy band. It really is. <laughs> Lots of happiness. A lot of families go to the shows, take their kids, they make signs. King, oh. sing one for me. I like the high note. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he's whew, all up there. He's got like the, imagine the kiss makeup on the face, but somewhere on his face, there's usually an upside down cross. Like that, ah, that's what we're talking that's about. That's the vibe we're getting. With King Diamond and Merciful Fate. They're, they, are, uh, they are fully committed to where they are. Merciful Fate, CCR, and Black Crows. And no to the texter earlier, or yes to the texter earlier, CCR. I was not thinking of cross-Canadian ragweed when I said CCR. For me, that is always going to be... Credence, Clearwater Revival. All right, so we got a lot of good music rolling. Remember, tomorrow on the show, it is album swap day on a Thursday. Zay is listening to Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic from 1975 this week, and I am listening to Busta Rhymes and the coming album from 1996. Zay, I'm starting to learn that you listened to a lot of music in 1996. Yeah, good year. You've had me listening to a lot of 96. It was a good year. What else we listened to? I know Ghostface, Killer, Iron Man. I was going to say, I feel like at least one or two of the Wu-Tang records were in 96. Just one. Is it just one? Yeah, Iron okay. Man. That's it. And then what about the, uh, what was the last one? I, the Was the Lil Wayne record also 96? No. No, it would have been like... Oh, it was like 04. 04. You're right. My bad. That was in the 2000s. My bad. All right. So we'll do music swap tomorrow, album swap at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Let's get you a flex segment here. We're going to talk some playoff baseball with the voice of one of the best teams in the area. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... 
Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. And while it is relevant to do so, I will also mention that Cameron Parker is not only here to talk a little flex. He is wearing a Rangers t-shirt with the old school Rangers baseball in the state of Texas logo. That's the first place Texas Rangers for everybody that's listening. Cam, how are you? That's right. Uh, Patrick Davis, Harge, Rod, Jeff Howe, the AL West. What division are we again? AL West. AL West division leading Texas Rangers. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes, sir, baby. Yeah, Astros fans. You ready to give up yet? No, we didn't think so. Uh, two and a half back for the Angels and the uh, Astros right when now. When that pennant, Rangers? And Mix they, it up. That's right. Yeah, well, there's no need to say the P word yet. What, what do you mean? It's May. Oh, I mean, so? we got to pace ourselves. So? <laughs> we got to pace ourselves. It's a, long, it's a very long season. <laughs> Cameron and I were talking yesterday uh, earlier. It, we were just excited that for this the rest of this month, we think they're valid to watch. Yeah. After that, we're going to go step by step. All right, so uh, let's get everybody the info on Wednesday Night Flex tonight. You guys are on at 7 o'clock. We got any guests lined up? What are we talking tonight? Yeah, it's going to be a good show. Zach Lucero, myself, Nolan Hogan. We're going to have the uh, Laza head coach, Derek Lewis. We'll call in at 7 o'clock, the Liberal Arts and Science Academy, who is having a very good athletic season, by the way, for those who didn't know. And then Ed Small, um, Anderson a football player will be coming in studio Ooh. live with us. Okay. I think Corey Mose from KVU will also drop in. So it'll be a fun show, 7 o'clock right here on the Horn. And if, if you miss it, you want to hear it again, check out it on the Flex ATX podcast, hornfm.com or flexatx.com. So you are calling Round Rock baseball games this That's season. Correct. It's a damn good team from what I yeah. hear. Just won their district? Yeah, 14-0. Yep. Ooh. 10th district championship under Coach Carter. It's uh, an incredible program, and it's 10 minutes from my house, so you can't beat Ooh, that. Ooh, that is good stuff. Yeah. Plus, I've always liked the the look of the Round Rock teams. Yeah. Rolling a little bit of that maroon with the dragon. Yep. Oh, shocker. Historic stuff. Shocker. You like those colors. I like colors other than maroon. I'm just saying I think that one looks good. Really? Is is this a safe space? (laughs) It is. It's always a safe space on this show. It it was until he just attacked me. (laughs) So maybe not. (laughs) I want to admit something. Hopefully my dad isn't listening. Uh Uh-oh. I like maroon. I like maroon. I like burgundy. I like the colors. Wow. And so when I when I got like when I when I first started with Round Rock, they gave me a bunch of hats and stuff, and I sent a picture to my daddy. And it's like maroon, you can't wear that. He's like passing out. Yeah, like, gross. This is, I'm sorry. I like the colors they have. There's a couple guys. Clint Kimstead. He used to play at Texas baseball. A, a great career and. His son plays for Round Rock. He's got a couple maroon shirts. They don't have the A&M logo on it, so that's fine, See, right? See, that's okay. Is that okay? I think it's okay, because okay. I ain't going to front, Cam. I have a couple of maroon shirts, yeah. and maroon on this dark complexion, not the worst. Not the See, worst. there you go. No there A&M, go. as long as no A&M logo, it's okay. I love so many things about the House Divided, but one of them is that, that if you hang around certain Aggies, no shade of orange yeah. is acceptable, and certain Longhorns, Anything in the red color wheel they freak out about. Obviously yeah. because you, you guys got Oklahoma too. You got Oklahoma and A&M both living in the same part of the color wheel. So I get why you'd be freaked out about reds. Like yeah. why that would mess you up. Crimson's a hard color to wear though. Like I don't have a lot of crimson red stuff. I have a few like in burgundy you can kind of wear right. it anything. Like, and what this, you're this wearing, that's red. red. That's and red. this is like the crimson red. I don't know. No, you can't. Uh, I can't get yeah. it. Yeah. That's a little difficult. That's yeah, a yeah, sir. Alabama red. Uh, 
That too doesn't work yeah. for me because they're just all like the, they're all crimson, the just like oh yeah, right? it's all yeah. the same. It's too close. good uniforms. I think it's simple, it's clean, it's historic. But I, I, yeah, I just all right. So give me a little of the, you know, the the flex segment for us. We like to talk about you know offers and visits and some of the studs in the area. Doesn't Round Rock have a badass pitcher this year? That's kind of not dogging anybody else out, but don't they have a badass number one starter this year? Yeah, Travis Sikor, a seven and zero record this season on the bump. A senior at Round Rock High School, six foot five, six foot six. Okay. Uh, he hit triple digits this season. He's got a nasty fastball and a slider that'll make you scream. Uh, every game I did so far had about 15 scouts behind home plate, 15, 20. From what I'm, from what I'm hearing and from scouts I've talked to, they'd be surprised if he still has not been selected after the first day of the MLB draft. So Damn. probably a possibly one, two, first round pick. Second round pick, maybe. It just depends on. But he is signed to Texas, or committed to Texas, excuse me, committed, even though sign doesn't mean anything anymore, I guess, right? Say Ron Holland. Oh, man. I knew that was about you to happen. Right. I wasn't you even right. going to say hey, anything. Hey, baseball and basketball, they're on the same playing level. Yeah. Same playing level. Apparently but he is doc- committed. These documents are crap now. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he is committed to Texas. Uh, he's a great kid. And he'll be getting the start on Thursday night against Buda Johnson. Uh, that'll be a 7 o'clock start. You can watch on the NFHS Networks or come to Round Rock High School for Game 1. Game 2 will be at Buda. That'll be a fun series. And I know I'm getting down kind of ahead of myself here, but they are in the same region as Westlake, who are across ah. the street. And they also have this kid named Chance Covert, who's also a very good left-handed pitcher who's also committed to Texas. So there is a chance that possibly if Westlake ah, can wait Round Rock. There's a chance. I like what you did there. There's a chance, that yes, good. that in the next two, three weeks, these two teams could meet down the line. Westlake, their first-round matchup is against Vandergriff. So that's a school that has uh, no love loss for each other in different districts, but <laughs> Vandergriff's a very good baseball program. So that'll be a fun series as well. So I see they remind me because I love the baseball playoffs. I remember this when I was in high school and everything. It's a 1-2, and then yeah. the first team is the higher seed or lower seed? So they they flip for home field advantage. Oh, it's just which, a, they just flip coin. Okay, which uh, I don't understand. Like, hey, congrats, you won your district. By the way, your first playoff game is on the road against a team who finished fourth. So yeah. like Westlake, so Westlake and Vandergrift. Game one is at Vandergrift. Game two is at Westlake. Which is like, then what's the whole point of the regular season? But that's a whole different conversation. Because I always thought the way you should do it is just that go ahead and say whoever the higher seeded team is, they get the two. That makes sense, right? Baseball right? has some weird rules. That's that's one of them. It makes me think of when they were using the All Star Game winners to have home field oh, advantage in the goodness. World Series. Oh, that that's geez. what it reminds me of when you just said that. And that's that, what I the just worst thing in my whole life. And that the really dumbest baseball thing of my whole life. When they got that, rid of that though, right? Thank like, four God, years yes. ago, okay. right? Yeah. When did they take it away? Like yeah. it was relatively not that long ago where it still decided the home field advantage for the World Series of Baseball because the NL team because Albert Pujols had a two run homer. It yeah. went on forever, That's fellas. Tough. It went on forever. Baseball let it happen. The players let it happen. The managers let it happen. Some of them would oh. even argue that they liked it. It was one of the weirdest things. It was like a Twilight Zone episode for, God, it lasted 15 years? Just baseball. Just some weird rules. Beautiful game. Just Cause weird they had, rules. Because they had that one tie. They had that one tie. Bud Seeley got freaked out. And then baseball allowed <laughs> them to make that rule. And then you'd be like, wait a minute. Some rando like Chicago White Sox would smash a double off the wall yep. against a reliever that was on a team that wasn't going to be a playoff team, and you're like, wait, what? Did a Padre just give a give up a double to a White Sox, so therefore the AL gets home field in the World Series? Mm. That's dumb. Yeah. And th- thankfully they've stopped that. Yes. 
<laughs> Thankfully, we got baseball players to care enough to just play a game every year. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I've heard people, I've heard fans in other sports say that's what they ought to do, and I stop them before they can even get the idea out. No, 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 no. no. It should not determine mm-hmm. anything like that. Stop it. I've had people do that with the NBA All-Star game. No, nah, that ain't it. Yeah. Can you imagine that, Zay? I cannot. Oh, my God. Just reward the team who had the best regular season. It's it's not that hard. Like They deserve to have some sort of advantage, right? To Absolutely. let the home, team, or the, the home team be the one that had the best record. That's it. That should always Make be no it. Sense. Especially when you play a 162, man. Yeah. You play that many games? Can let me ask you, my Bulldogs, one of the few yeah. teams that beat the Westlake Chaparrales this year. There you go. They got Vista Ridge coming up. How you liking them? Yeah, I think what Bowie did this last season is, is incredible for you guys. I mean, that district, there isn't probably a harder district to play baseball in in 26-6, say. Lake Travis, I mean, they got Caden Leone's a great pitcher, Bowie, Buda, Johnson, all these guys. It's just it's a rock fight every time you go out and play baseball, which equips you, I think, for the postseason, right? So I think Fissa Ridge will have Hank Howard on the mound. They finished second this last year under head coach or this, this season under Coach Garver. They have a good program. That'll be a fun series. Would not be surprised if it goes three. Sir. That is Cameron Parker. Check out Zach, Cameron, and the Flex crew tonight for Wednesday Night Flex at 7. Always good to see you, especially if you're wearing Rangers gear. Of course. And apparently I'm the only person who's ever had Spam before. Is no, I've had Spam. I haven't He's had Spam. Oh, you've never had, had it? Yeah. yeah. That was oh, a discussion. Yeah. What yeah. am I missing here? Okay. You're still in your 20s. Here, I get it. Here's what's weird. I heard driving in that everybody was freaking out about it. I don't consider it. To me, nowadays, I think it's more strange if you've had spam yeah. than not had spam. It's not a regular thing to me anymore. So hearing that and also knowing just kind of the age group you're in, time frame you're in, like that's not that weird to me. No, it's not weird. But the text line landed on you today. I mean, the spam for Cam was trending on the Specs text line today. Spam <laughs> for Cam. <laughs> that sounds like, uh, what was the thing for Andrew Luck? Suck for Luck? <laughs> Right when they were the Colts, which everybody was trying to be bad enough yep. to get Andrew Luck. Yep. Cam, go to HEB, get you some spam, fry that thing up, have a sandwich, your favorite mustard or condiment. I don't know what okay. you're into, and yeah. it, right. you get it popping. We'll I'm assuming you get like, it popping. Um, do you like ham? Yeah. Okay. Then you're fine. It's, it'll, it'll it's, be good. So spam's just ham, just bootleg, just made in like Bangladesh or something, and shipped over. Or I don't know where it's okay. made. It's ha- it's ham where it's sort of like ham's hot dog like cousin. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's tasty. No, I don't really want to try it's it. It's tasty when it's done well. It's tasty when it is done well. Uh, always good to see Cameron Parker. Of course, Cam is also a part of Light the Tower every day, 10 to 12 with Craig and Jeff. Check him out there. Check him out with Wednesday Night Flex tonight. And then uh, go check out that Round Rock baseball series as well. Always good to see you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. There he is. And don't, and send him spam. Just send it to the station, and we'll make sure Cam gets it. Up next, where are we at in society? Zay will let us know. And then Chip Brown of Horns247.com joins us at 2.05. His reactions to the Longhorns drafted and the draft overall in the NFL. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. You're just trying to make me cry now. Yeah, I know this is your go-to. Go-to band. Come on now. If we let this whole thing play, the show would be over, though. I think it might be like a six to eight minute track. It just says four minutes. Is it just four? Four minutes, 34 seconds. Now, this could be a shorter version. I don't know, but yeah. 
Shorter oh, track. That is exciting. All right, so uh, this is um, The Evil That Men Do. That's right. By Iron Maiden. Off of the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son album, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh, do I get happy when I hear some Iron Maiden from that era, or really any era. What the hell is the skeleton holding? Like his intestines? His own heart. His own heart. Come on, okay. say, catch up. <laughs> it's, it's Eddie holding his own heart. The character that is like the mascot of Iron Maiden is Eddie, and he's this skull dude, and he's been depicted in many, many different ways. And in the Seventh Son era, he was depicted as reaching into his own like skeletal body and ripping his own heart out and showing it to us. Is Eddie the skeleton on every cover? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I like that. And I in, like that. And in concert, they they usually have about an eight or nine foot Eddie that comes out on stage and messes with the band members. In the last show we saw, he was a ninja. And he came out with a sword and fought the lead singer. It was fantastic. <laughs> And for some reason, we all love it. I can't explain it to you. It's Maiden, man. I don't know. They are what they are. Iron Maiden, Merciful Fate, CCR and Black Crows, uh, all on the show today. Remember, Aerosmith, the last tour. Tickets on sale this Friday, but you can win them before you can buy them. Just go to hornfm.com, get entered there, and you'll have a chance to win those tickets. I mentioned earlier, it is my 20th anniversary today, and basically my wife and I have decided that if we are lucky enough to get Aerosmith tickets, that's our anniversary present to each other. That's dope. 20th anniversary. I like that. Aerosmith and the Black Crows. I like that. Let's go. Because that's one of those things, once we got together, we realized we both love music and we both love live concerts. We love it. As opposed supposed to recorded concerts. But we both love going to shows. Since this is your 20th anniversary, which is really special... How many concerts have y'all been to together? Uh, we've been to a lot. I have not. I haven't done that count. Like I know the total for me. I don't know. I haven't done it just the ones that she and I have been to. So I'm not sure. I'm gonna guess like it's got to be at least you know it's twenty to forty probably. Okay, that's not as bad as I. I well, it's not bad at all. But that's I'm just my, saying. I thought it'd be way more than that. I thought you'd be in the hundos. Well, actually, if we're gonna be fair, because for me altogether, it's like. 422 see, like what, performances. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because I count individual performances. So if I see four different acts, that's four different performances, but it's one concert. That's fair. So in terms of how many concerts, yeah, I'd have to have to add all that up. But we've been to a few. We've been to a few. So maybe it is more, I don't know, maybe like 100? Yeah. I really added it up, counted it up. Yeah, we've been to some good shows together. Uh, hopefully uh, you are getting out at some good shows if you love your music. We'll do the album swap discussion tomorrow with a little bit of Aerosmith and a little bit of Busta Rhymes at 2.05. Right now, though, it's Where Are We At in Society. Let's see what Zay wants to talk about. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do you got? Yeah, um, this story is absolutely bonkers. So did you know Antonio Brown was part owner of the Abilene Empire. <laughs> There's a lot in that sentence I didn't know existed. No, I did yes, not that, know an, that. It's an arena football team. Of course um, it is. I thought they got rid of the Arena League. No, they're slowly bringing it back. Okay. I don't know if it's the same league that Austin Wranglers played in, but it's an arena football league, to say the least. Did you say Abilene, like Abilene, Texas? No. Albany. Albany. Albany, excuse oh, me. Albany, excuse like me. New York. Albany, excuse oh, me. Oh, my yes. bad. I was like, wait. Yeah, my bad. Y'all know I'll be mispronouncing things. Because I'm assuming Antonio Brown doesn't even know Abilene, Texas exists. No, I doubt he does, <laughs> like, too. I, I was thinking, how did he get to Abilene, Texas? All right, go ahead. Yeah, so Antonio Brown, he's 
part owner of the team. Okay. And now, of course, with Antonio Brown being there, there's problems. I'm shocked. Yeah, you're shocked? I'm shocked. There's problems, yeah. I figured this would be like Bijan going to Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Everything would work. (laughs) No, not quite. So listen to this. This fool, Antonio Brown, is accused of not paying the coaches Mm. and players. Come on, man. As a result of not getting paid, the head coaches' players have quit, including the reigning MVP of the league. Oh, God. We're not paying the MVP of the league. Come on now, A.B. Next you're going to tell me they won the championship and he didn't buy them a ring. (laughs) Or he promised to and didn't do it. Other things that have happened during the course of the season, Uh illegally use NFL footage for commercials, (laughs) locked players out of hotel rooms, Mm. and, yeah, other players have also quit and have been suspended, including last year. So That's Antonio awful. Brown being Antonio Brown, mucking up a whole organization. I'm telling you, there's so many things about him that are just have been either rewired, unwired, or whatever. If you want to go on the theory that it's CTE related because of hits he took in the NFL, I don't know. But all these stories, I mean, obviously, like the stories of him, you know, going into the sort of harassment world, harassment, sexual assault, and things, that's obviously terrible. But if you go into the details of those stories, it's just a lack of awareness of, like, basic stuff, say. Basic stuff. Like, if you hire an artist to come to your house and paint something on a wall, you have to pay them to do that. He doesn't get that part. He doesn't understand that. Like, it's those little bitty things. Like, somewhere in his brain, it might make sense that you wouldn't pay a football team. That's what's crazy. I mean, there's so many weird things about Antonio Brown right now. I feel bad for all those guys. Like, we've talked about the – and, you know, you kind of joked about the XFL thing, and I'm more into the XFL than you are. But we both understand what it is. It's this opportunity, and they're getting paid – Whatever they're getting paid, but they're trying to get the opportunity, and they're working hard. And coach, uh, We assume they're paying Bob Stoops. Right. We assume that they are paying Ben DiNucci. But, in the, yeah, the, the idea that you're not paying po- folks in, in an arena football league, that's just silly. Man. Yeah, it's very unprofessional. And he hasn't been there that long. Like, I'm seeing a tweet from the Empire. He got on the, at the facilities March 3rd. So March 3rd. It's May 3rd. Jeez. And he's already just ruining the franchise. So, I mean, if you're willing to do business with Antonio Brown at this point of his life, you're taking a huge risk. Uh, That's absolutely true. And you clearly aren't thinking clearly yourself. So, whoever said, you know, it's arena football, all the money that you could get, you're going to take. Yeah, you think it's just getting attention and any attention is good attention and all that? Yeah, even from A.B. And now he ain't paying players, MVP coaches. That's a damn shame. Outside of the obvious assault accusations and stuff, which is, is, is horrible, the one thing I can never get out of my mind and can never get past with Antonio Brown is that doctor thing? Is standing there getting in Putin? Yeah, getting examined by a doctor and violently passing gas and acting like it was no big deal. It was so twisted. He's so childish from his rap album. Just so twisted and wrong. And it's like running off the field. There are eight year olds that wouldn't do that. Right. I mean, little kids that would never think of doing something like that. What are you doing, man? Yeah, the feet issue when he was with Vegas. 
I think they were still Oakland at the time. But yeah, the f- right. I, with you the know, weird all these things. And you watched him very closely because of your wife being a Steelers fan. He's one of the greatest wide receiver talents we've ever seen. Oh, my God. At one point, he was the perfect Pittsburgh Steeler. It made so much Central Michigan come out of a smaller school, directional school. And at one point in, in that run, I could make the argument he was the best receiver in the league. At one moment of that. And then, and, and he was the, you never had anything going wrong. You never had a crazy story. He was maybe the best receiver in the league, and he had Larry Fitzgerald's overall for a while. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you don't have to worry about Antonio Brown. He's just awesome. And then he wasn't. Then it changed very, Change very quick. quickly. And that's why a lot of people think that there may be a head injury explanation. What was that hit? To what's it was against the Bengals. Who, who hit him? Vontez Burfitt. That's him. That one. That's Perfect. the one people go to. That's the one people go to. Keep, I remember a Bengals guy. Oh, man. He lit his ass up, boy. I think it was a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. That was a crusher. Yeah. Oh, that was a crushing hit. All right. Uh, there's where we at in society. We do it every day about 145. Good grief, Antonio Brown. Pay the players and the coaches. Somebody take that over and figure it out. Two o'clock hour coming up. Chip Brown of Horns247.com will start us off. Coming up at 2.30, we will tell you why today matters on this May 3rd. This is the Horn.